Welcome back to the ninth week of our PA High School Football Report podcast. I'm Nebby Asias here with my high school sports editor, Brian Linder. Brian, how you doing this week? Nebby, I'm hanging in there, man. We got the, you know, I always say it, another big week, but it really is a big week, right? We're going out to the last regular season week when we record this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wanted to bring us together. I know you've seen a lot of good football. Definitely. And, uh, we all have. And wanted to make sure that we got some guys' names out there, especially, you know, from central Pennsylvania, right, that are special and that are probably playoff bound and fans might want to get out and see over these next few weeks. I'm excited to talk about them, Nebby. How about you? How you been doing and how you feel about getting some of these guys' names out there this week, man? I'm doing great, Brian. Like you mentioned, each week on this podcast is a big week. It's crazy to think about how we've done nine episodes now already. Um, This is the last week of the regular high school football season we're getting into. And I'm excited only because we get to focus on a lot of the local guys in the area who don't oftentimes get the recognition I feel as though they deserve. So to hone in on and focus on some of the top mid-pen conference performers, I think will be a great, great thing for a lot of the kids in the area. So I look forward to it. Yeah, man. So let's let's dive in. Let's dig into it. I mean, uh, I want to first by start by talking about uh, my one of my favorite games to watch last week. I mean, Cumberland Valley and Chambersburg. Isaac Signs, man, he had a hand in every single touchdown scored. They beat Chambersburg 23 to 14. He threw a pair of touchdown passes. He ran one in. He even kicked the field goal in that third quarter, Brian. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a kid who showed up big time when his team needed him. What were some yeah, of the TV's an interesting team, right? I mean, they went down to Mannheim earlier in the year and got kicked around pretty good, and Josh Oswald really uh, challenged his team. They come back, and, and they scrapped against Central York the next week. May not have the best record out there, but they've had some scrappy games and, you know, played some tough team scrappy. It's been fun to see them. You know, we've had a, we had a lot of good games. You know, I, I look last week, we had some crazy stat lines put up by, you know, Cedar Cliff and Jonte Morris. He's having a great year. You know, he blew his knee out last year in the yeah. first game. Right. And uh, he, he went for like 336 yards and, you know, three touchdowns against Milton Hershey. And, and, and over on the other side for Milton Hershey, Deion Bryant, they're, they're running back accounted for over 330 yards. And he did it, you know, mostly on the ground. I think he had like over 260 uh, rushing, but he also caught a handful of passes, had over 50 yards receiving, and he also threw for like 17 yards. Mm-hmm. So game to look at, on, on, you know, on paper and stuff. And, and, and we have a lot of big games like that each week. Um, Definitely, you know, and those are those are a couple guys right there that if you get a chance to get out and see them, they won't be in what we're about to talk about. But, you know, they're they're definitely guys that I would recommend, you know, getting out and seeing before the season's over. Definitely. I feel like this past week was the week of the running back. So I'm excited to see what this final week of PA high school football is going to be like in the mid pen. Like you mentioned, we're going to talk about a lot of guys here in this week's episode, and we're going to have our co-worker and the newest addition to the Penn Live Sports crew, Dan Sostick, join us and give us some of his feedback and some of his recollections and, you know, some of the top guys to look out for in the mid-pen going into the playoffs. So let's go ahead and get Dan on the phone, Brian, and let's get started. Deal. Again, welcome back, everyone, to week nine of our PA High School Football Report podcast. I'm Nebby Asias here with my high school sports editor, Brian Linder. And this week, we have our co-worker and newest addition to the team, Dan Sostick, joining us. Dan, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. I've been uh, looking forward to hopping on one of these pods for a while, so I'm glad we got it in the last week of regular season football. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have you, man. Hey, Brian, you want to get us started? Yeah, yeah. For folks who don't know, real quick, you know, Dan came over from the Chambersburg Public Opinion, uh, you know, at the start of the fall season, really. Uh, so he's been, he's been, you know, 
covering a lot of football in Pennsylvania, right? Right, Dan, the last couple of years? Yes, sir. <laughs> Seen a lot this year, too. So we wanted to have you on. And, um, you know, this week, you know, we're, we're heading into the final week of the regular season, guys. And, Dan, a lot of what Nebby and I have done, as you know, on this podcast is we try to keep it evergreen. We try to talk more so about guys, their stories, or what makes them special. And heading into this final week, uh, we just wanted to, you know, take a step back. We usually have, a, a you know, an athlete on here and talk to them about their story and stuff. Uh, but we want to take a step back and maybe look at some of the guys, especially from the central Pennsylvania area. For people who listen statewide to our podcast, we're here in Harrisburg. But we wanted to take a look at some of the guys from central Pennsylvania, some of the mid-pin guys who are on some teams that are ranked or, or looking like they can make some playoff noise and who are special. All right, anybody want to kick it off here? Uh, you know, we got Harrisburg, right? They're ranked sixth and 6A. Yeah. I mean, I'll go ahead and get it started if you want me to, Brian. Like you mentioned, Harrisburg is ranked sixth in the state of Pennsylvania in Class 6A football. Above them, as you all know, are some top programs like St. Joe's Prep, who's 5-2, and two, and LaSalle College, who's 7-1. and one. Overall, Harrisburg has a record of 8-1, and one, folks. Their only loss of the season was to Governor Mifflin and Nick Singleton, all-star running back, who, just, they, who they just couldn't contain. And they're number one in their division with a record of 5-0 and oh in the Mid-Penn Commonwealth Division. So, I mean... Who are some of your favorite players to watch on this Harrisburg team before I go ahead and dive into well, it? Well, what I would say is, first of all, they're a great story, right? Guys, when you look at them, they're not very deep. They got like 30 guys. And we've talked about that before, 30, 32 guys on the roster. And they've played just about anybody and everybody to play them. But when you have some special guys, you know, it makes it easier, right? And, Dan, right. I know you've been to several Harrisburg games. So, I mean, who are some of the guys you think maybe have stood out to you and have really had great seasons so far? Well, I mean, the guy that kind of makes things go for them is Kyle Williams. That, that I guess I guess he's one of those um, that you call an athlete because they use him and use him out of the backfield. They use him as a receiver. I mean, he's one of the only guys I think of the mid pen with 500 rushing and receiving yards this year. He's just an all-purpose weapon for them. And I mean, he's just one of those guys that pretty much anytime you give him the ball, you're not you you pretty much know you're not going to lose yards. And there's so much value in that in high school football, just being able to constantly move the chains. And that's kind of been the offense for Harrisburg this year. Mm-hmm. They've been not not like the biggest play team in the conference, but they just move the ball and gain first downs and really, really wear out defenses. And Williams has been kind of that cog there. But I think one of the guys that's kind of emerged in the, kind of the second half of the year a little bit um, has been Justin Cook at wide receiver. He's, he's been really good defensively for them at defensive back, but he's he's starting to really um, emerge as a as a weapon of his own um, as a wide receiver. And as with Sean Lee back at quarterback after an injury where he's out for a few weeks, it really – Started to get that passing game a little bit um, going a little more. I know they had a had kind of a struggle in a rainy day uh, last week against State College, but those two guys have been super impressive. And then um, you know Makai Hopkins is just the guy that when they need to gain a couple yards down the goal line or something, there's there's not many big power backs there. So like I said, they're not they're not this explosive. We're going to gain 80 yards in three plays type of team, but uh, with the, with those three guys on offense, they're going to be able to move the ball on a lot of teams out there, um, especially with that offensive line they have. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, in the years past, they have been that explosive team. And and now with, you know, less guys, they actually have to turn into a, a more of a grinding physical team, and they've done that. And you, you mentioned Kyle Williams. Up until this year, Kyle was almost exclusively a receiver. He's only a junior. I think he is a good next-level receiver. I saw him in Ed O'Brien's All-State Preps camp before the pandemic. Um, you know, I think that was – last April, um, you know, and he was out there running with some of the better receivers in the state. And, uh, you know, I've seen him play 
receiver too for Harrisburg. I think he's a next level receiver. I don't think he, I don't think he has an offer right now, you know, and I think he's a guy who can definitely help a team at the next level, right? You know, you guys have seen him. I think he's a, he's a next level guy. And, you know, he's a guy to definitely serve. Jerk, Justin Cook, that guy shows up offense, defense, you know, big plays every, every which way um, for them. And uh, he's another guy that's really emerging. Um, yeah. And, you know, we don't, we don't spend a lot of time on the big guys right, Nebby. Right. But I want I do want to give a shout out to, I think that Roy Irvin, who's been their center, he started at center. He's a senior now uh, for the past couple of years for them. And, and Tyshawn Black mm-hmm. um, have been really excellent up front. Right. You know, we were doing this all mid-10 team for most of the season for each week. And, and they were on there a lot. And, and um, Tyshawn will play both ways, too. If right. he was probably 6'4 instead of 6'1, mm-hmm. he'd probably have some college offers by now or, or, or get some more looks. I agree. Um, I there's agree. some other guys, too, right? There's some other guys, too. Let's, let's mention a few more guys before we get out of Harrisburg here that, that people want to circle. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, Dan mentioned a, a bunch of big guys like Justin Cook and Kyle Williams. Um, shout out to Carlos Balcom, who's one of the DB coaches there at Harrisburg, um, who played at Harrisburg as well. But I, my favorite guy to watch on this team, Brian and Dan, is Terrell Reynolds. I feel like he's the heart and soul of this Harrisburg defense. And I personally feel like he's the glue guy for this team. I mean, he has 74 tackles on the season, 26 for loss, 16 and a half sacks, an interception, three fumble recoveries, and two defensive touchdowns. I mean, he's all over the field. Um, Micah Parsons and Damian Barber were those guys with that skill and natural God-given ability and talent. But I feel like this kid just has a motor. He works hard. And the scariest part to me is he's still a junior, right? I mean, I saw that piece yeah. wrote about Brian when Coach Cal talked about how he still has another season to go. And, you know, the ceiling for him is still high. And it's just amazing to think about how much better he can get and how much more he can bring to the table. So that's been my favorite player to watch on this Cougars team this year. Yeah, yeah you yeah, mentioned Cal- Micah. And- Mm-hmm. What, what, Dan? Yeah, and uh, I mean, Terrell Reynolds had that run where I think he had touchdowns in back-to-back games, and right. that's that's another thing about this Harrisburg team is that they score on defense too. I mean, they force turnovers; they are nasty on defense. I think we we kind of focused a little bit on the offense just because it's easier to you know do that, I guess. But like you said, Reynolds has had an an outstanding junior year, and uh, yeah. he's kind of emblematic of what what they've been doing so far this year, which is score. They've been you know, grinding on offense, and then they make you pay on uh, on defense if you make a mistake. Right. Yeah, he's six six two two thirty five. You know, and how many defensive ends do you see to have three defensive touchdowns? You know, um, so he and 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 he broke Deontay Nichols' uh, school record. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned Michael Parsons. You mentioned Damian Barber. Deontay mm-hmm. Nichols broke their their sack. Damian Barber's sack record mm-hmm. in two thousand eighteen, and now Terrell Reynolds has broken his school sack record. And he's got another year to go. Um, right. So, a couple more guys. You know, I think he's. I think he's probably. A, you know, he's a college guy too. I think that when schools figure out exactly where they want to project him, I think he's probably a defensive end at a size. You know, he's going to get some interest. Anthony Day's had a heck of a season, the linebacker for him, right? And then the young guy, Kamir Williams. I think he's just a freshman. Um, yeah. You know, he's kind of a hybrid, like bandit linebacker type guy, and he's had some really big games for them. So, they, I mean, they got some guys, and I. I think that's how you and, and they're well coached. I think Cal Everett and his staff have done a heck of a job, um, you know, with 30, 32, 34 guys. And again, like I said, probably 20 of them should be on varsity, mm. you know, to be where they are right now at this at this at this point in the season. That's definitely a team you want to get out and see because because uh, they're going to scrap. 
Right. Yeah, and they're doing it all with freshman quarterbacks, which is right. you don't you don't see too often. Yeah, right. Sean Lee. I think his dad played at Penn State, right? So yeah, you know, he's an interesting he's an interesting kid too. So Dan, real quick, I want to go back to yeah. Anthony Bay because I feel like he's an underrated upperclassman, right? This is his senior season. But he's he's having a monster season. I mean, he's top five in the mid-pen conference in tackles with 94 on the season. Um, 13 of those for loss and a fumble recovery, interception, and a sack. So Shout out to him. Big kudos to him and Makai Hopkins, who gets it done on both ends of the ball. I like to call him their muscle guy because he just does it all. He even gets in the extra points. So definitely. We got another we got another team of 6A guys right across town. They're not I don't think they're ranked, right? CD East. Right. Um, But it would not shock me for CD East to make some noise here in the playoffs. And what do you guys think? And obviously, there's some special guys for us to talk about with, with them, too. Certainly. Well, They've got they've got a huge game this weekend. I'd like that they can't overlook with Carlisle because Carlisle's been a team that's actually been really challenged in some of these teams that you know may have overlooked Carlisle in the past. So they've got to get past them first. But I've been really impressed with what I've seen from C. Sunder uh, Lance Dean's first year there as head coach. And uh, I mean they were dealt with it. They dealt with adversity early when um, the Tony Powell transfer from Middletown got hurt, and mm-hmm. then Terrence Jackson Cotney stepped in at QB and. He's I think he's been awesome for them so far this year. He's a real dual threat and they still kind of rotate Tony Powell and uh, Jackson Cobney in and out. But um, then that that rotation's working really well. And Jackson Cobney's electric when he's and he's got the ball in his hands. He looks like I mean, there there are times when he just slips out of the pocket and um, and no one can catch up. And he's got burners, but he also can throw, too. And he's he's got maybe. Uh, there are a lot of good pairings of wide receivers in um, the mid pen, but I think if I don't know if you can say a pairing with Makai Flowers is underrated, but Makai mm-hmm. um, Flowers and Tymir Thornton, I mean, you're not going to find the more dangerous pairing than that. And um, obviously, everyone knows how good Makai Flowers is. He's going to Penn State. He had a, an incredible year for Steel High last year before going to um, TD East. And I don't want to shortchange him because he's been awesome, but I feel like Tymir Thornton. Um, doesn't necessarily get the shine that he should as um as, as good as he is um because he plays next to flowers but he's he's been just he's been crucial and i think he's a big play receiver he's big he can go up and make a contested catcher i think with those guys and then um marcel mcdaniels who's just every game's 30 carries 150 yards it feels like um they've got so many weapons on offense and it's just about putting all that stuff together and then so go ahead brian so I was going to say, Nebby, you, you've seen him too. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Tyler Thornton. He's 6'5", big body guy. I think he's eventually going to grow into a tight end, you know, at the next mm-hmm. level. He, I don't think he has any offers either. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that I think schools definitely have to be looking at because he can run a little bit. He's got that big frame. He will go get the ball. And I think he could be a receiver. But I think he could also grow him into a tight end and create some mismatches. And, of course, Makai's going to – Penn State and and Nebby, when I look at Terrence Jackson coaching, I saw Lamar Jackson in high school. He's not Lamar Jackson, not close. No, no offense, right? But then there are some things he does. It's like it's like a poor man's Lamar Jackson, right? He can run, you know, he can throw it a little bit, and he makes big things happen. So, yeah, what, what are you? What have you seen? What are guys to jump off the page of you there, Nebby? And, and what have you I, seen from these guys? I was just going to touch bases on the on Marcel McDaniel's. I mean, Dan. 
Uh, Brian and I last week at the introduction of our podcast spoke of Marcel briefly. I mean, he's not your typical high school running back. He's not the biggest guy on the football field, but he plays with a lot of heart. You know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And, you know, he surpassed over a thousand rushing yards on the season with that win over Chambersburg. And I mean, I just love to watch him play. To me, he's the, he's the most electrifying man when he's having a good game for CD East and he gets them going. He has a motor. Well, Marcel is a wrestler too. Okay. And he's a pretty good wrestler. He's got, you know, some attention to, to maybe wrestle just, you know, in, in division three and stuff like that. Um, but the funny story with him, we did a story with him earlier in the season and, and the kid had been a linebacker up until this year. And when Lance Dean come on, he kind of said, yeah, I play offense, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they, they tried him at wide receiver and that didn't work out. And, and now look at it, what he's doing at running back. So he yeah. could really be a difference maker for them in the playoffs, you know, when we talk about Makai and Tamir and Jackson Copney and Tony Powell, when he comes in too with his big arm and mm-hmm. what they can do in the passing game, it's really the running game that makes him go. And I want to mention too up front for them, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Andre Howard, tenant center, mm-hmm. Mo Ali. We did a great story on him. He has a great backstory, Mo Ali. And then Cam Livingston is probably one of the better guards in the mid pen. And okay. if it, you know, if he was another guy, if he wasn't six foot tall, mm-hmm. he'd probably have a lot more college attention. And they get it done up front. On defense, they got a big kid named Macario Clark in the middle. You guys, I'm sure, have seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's a guy that people want to look at, too. So, City East has got a bunch of elements. You know, they're, they lost the, they lost to the Harrisburg. Right. They lost to the Manheim Township to start the season. Those are not bad losses, right? And they've right. got a bunch of elements. And they've gotten better. This is a team that didn't win a game a season ago. Right. So, they got a bunch of elements, I think, to make some noise here in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we got, you you got to give – you got to give Lance Dean a ton of credit for, I mean, it's not easy to go and walk into a program year one and uh, do a turnaround like that. I don't care if you get Makai Flowers as a transfer, or Tony Powell as a transfer. It's still hard. It, 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 you know, players can win you individual games, but they don't win you as many games as they've won this year. And uh, it, it, it seems like Lance Dean's just got total buy in there. And um, uh, it, it's been, it's been impressive to watch. It's been cool to see, um, you know, in a in a kind of different year for the mid pen Commonwealth, have some other teams come up and make some noise. Yeah, hats like, off to the East. Hats off to Marcel McDaniel's. I mean, the kid plays just fearless. But big kudos and shout out to Lance Dean, like you mentioned, Dan. Um, I think he's maybe the youngest coach in the mid pen Conference, if I'm not mistaken. So to be able to come in and do that your first year, but also the coaching staff around him, I notice he has a bunch of guys with wisdom and older guys on that coaching staff. So can't wait to see what CD East does moving forward. Let's uh, let's take it to five A guys. Okay, Shippensburg, right? Yeah, yeah. They're ranked seventh. They're undefeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, when you start with Shippensburg, you start with the big guy, right? Anthony yeah. Smith, Minnesota commit. Yeah, both of you guys have seen these these guys play, and uh, let's start there. Okay, maybe Wiki. I know you're a big Anthony Smith fan. Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever saw him was at the Little Brown Jug Classic. Um, but I mean. At the top of that 5A list, you got some great teams, right? You got Governor Mifflin, who's undefeated still with all-star running back, Nick Singleton. Um, and beneath them, of course, is Philly's finest, Emotep Charter, who's locked and loaded. I mean, we spoke with guys like Ken Talley. But, I mean, Anthony Smith is my favorite to watch on this team, right, Brian? He's six foot seven, 260 pounds, committed to the University of Minnesota. But, I mean, he does it all, both offensively and defensively. And, I mean, on defense, it's hard to get around that guy. When he gets a hold of you, you just better bring everything you got, you know? Yeah. Well, well, Chippensburg was my, you know, neck of the woods back when I was at the at the PO. And so I've been I've been covering Anthony for 
a, a little bit now. And um, I know that last year, the Greyhounds, they had pretty high expectations and they in weird COVID year, they did not hit it at all. And I know that they were pretty frustrated. They started the year pretty poorly. And, um, you know, Anthony, Anthony Smith uh, was going through his um, college choices and everything. And so I kind of pegged them for a team that could, you know, burst on the scene a little bit this year with some motivation. They had a new quarterback in Tucker Chamberlain, but, mm-hmm. and, um, but boy, they done that. They like, they have not even, they've barely been, you know, challenged this year. They've been winning these games big on with the, the type of ball. Um, Eric Faust really likes to play. It's even been a little more pass heavy than usual with uh, um, how well um, the connection between uh, quarterback T- Tucker Chamberlain and uh, wide receiver Irby Weller has been, um, yeah. which has been, one of the best uh, common, uh, like wide receiver QB combinations this year. But I mean, you mentioned Anthony Smith. Uh, I mentioned Tucker Chamberlain, Irby Well, but Shippensburg time and time again, when they're good, it's, they're going to be running the ball down your throat a lot. Yeah. And they've got a, they've got a really deep running back core with uh, Drayvon Cater, Amari Kerr. Um, they also have uh, Nathan Beam, and uh, full, uh, one of the best fullback names you're going to hear in, the, in 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 all of high school is Diesel Kozer playing fullback for them. Yeah. They're, just, they're just a nasty team that, um, you know, they're, they're, there's never – it's going to be a different guy every week, um, whether it's in the running back room, whether it's them throwing all over you, which I think they might do a little more in the playoffs because they've kind of gone away from that in recent weeks. And I wonder if they're just kind of, you know – hiding that a little bit, but I mean, they, they are really playing like, it feels like with a chip on their shoulder after missing the playoffs last year. And, uh, you know, they're a win away from going 10 and 0 in the regular season. Yeah. The key for them obviously is with those guys. Nebby mentioned at the top, you know, the governor Mifflin's MOTEP. Mm-hmm. Those, I mean, those teams can be anybody in the state. So those guys, everybody you mentioned, they're going to have to be at their best, you know, in the playoffs here. If they want to, they want to carry it to where they've, you know, beyond where they've carried it in years past. Yeah, and real quick, Brian and Dan, I feel like Shippensburg is one of those more well-put-together teams here in the Mid-Pen Conference, right? I mean, they're just one of those teams that grinds and gets it off the muscle. And despite being ranked seventh in the state, they still remain undefeated with an overall record of 9-0, and have a chance to go undefeated on the season this week. Um, and they clinched their division title, so definitely have to bring their A game heading into the playoffs. And I'm just excited to see what they can do. I feel like they're still one of those underrated teams in terms of the state and the division they're in. You know, and Let's take it down another level. 4A, mid-pin. We got a state title contender, right? Bishop McDevitt. And for people that don't know, they got a freshman quarterback, Stone Saunders, who's about as efficient as you can get every week. You know, he throws maybe two or three completions, it seems like, every week. Incompletions. <laughs> Incompletions. He can sling it. His dad is uh, Steve Saunders, a strength and conditioning coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. Um, you know, and the, the kid can sling. He's got an offer from Michigan. Mm. He's special, right, guys? And and yeah. and and he kind of McDevitt's got a bunch of, bunch of athletes, and yeah. and and really are state title contenders. I mean, I think both of you guys have seen them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. You mentioned special with Stone Saunders, and I I covered the opening game um, against LaSalle. He he takes his first snap, first pass of his high school career, and I just see that spiral that he throws and. and when you said special, that like you you can tell the difference 
between a division one arm and, you know, just a typical high school arm. And it was apparent from that first throw as a true freshman, he is, his arm talents pretty ridiculous for, for a guy that's, he's not even the biggest court. He's probably, I'm sure he'll grow a little bit. He's I think six foot six one. He's he's, but he's got arm talent. Um, doesn't, hasn't been asked to run a ton, but um, I mean, like you said, he won uh, that LaSalle game. They scored zero points in that game. It was a very misleading shutout. He moved the ball incredibly well against a really good LaSalle defense. I, I think he's there for, 200 yards, and, and they didn't have Abdul yeah. Carter. They didn't have a Sam Brown, but they still – that LaSalle team's a very good team. They beat St. Joe's. Um, to have that as your debut, too. Yeah, and to throw for 200 yards. And I think he threw seven touchdowns against Cedar Cedarcliff, and Cedarcliff's a, a good team. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, he's obviously the, the, the straw that stirs the drink there. Yeah. Right, Nebby? But there are other guys, too. Yeah, I mean – That line – that line's ridiculous too. I mean, Gabe Arena's getting high level D one interest, right? And uh, and the, the, like they, they've pretty much every level they've got a guy that could go either you know D one or uh, D two. They're really loaded this year. Yeah, this McDevitt team is is pretty darn good. They're loaded. Stone Saunders. I mean, the kid is legit. He's a freshman. It's scary to think about. He has three more years after this one. But my favorite to watch is probably Marquise Williams. And then second to him is Mario Easterly. I mean, Marquise himself is a young guy. He's still an underclassman, a sophomore. He has two more years after this season to go. And I mean, I watched him and Stone in that game at Hershey Park Arena. I'll never forget it, Brian. And they only played two quarters, both of them. They sat out the entire second half. I believe they beat Lower Dolphins 66 to 7. But Stone had four touchdowns in 24 minutes, not even a full 24 minutes. Marquise had four touchdowns, and Mario had about three himself. So, I mean, this team and this with the core that they have, I feel like they could do some damage in the mid-pen for some time to come. And the yeah. Lower Dolphin. Lower Dolphins not terrible this year. They, if they win Friday, I think they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I I do every Friday night. I do the roundup of the you know the top mid pen performers every week. Mm-hmm. And I've I've got an email every now and then being like, why are you including so many Bishop McDevitt players? I'm like, because they're all gaining 100 150 yards every yeah. game. Like they have three or four guys scoring two touchdowns. How do you not? <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't know what you want me. I can't just pick one and like do rock paper scissors. They're they're that and it just shows how deep they are. Like. Um, one of the underrated guys because Marquise Williams gets a ton of hype and uh, deservedly so, but their backup running back would be maybe a thousand yard rusher for ha- like most other teams in mid pen and sincere Bowers. He's he's re- oh, he yeah. has maybe he has maybe the highlight of the mid pen football season this year when he hurdled a defender. I, I've, I'm blanking on who I believe it was Red. I could be wrong, but it, I mean on another team he'd be running for. 150, 200 yards every night. Like they Easily. are just so loaded. Easily. He, you guys mentioned Mario Easterly. So he's an old Dominion commit as a safe, and he's one of the better receivers in the Big Ten. And then another guy I wanted to mention too, I don't think they've really got him going yet. I think he almost maybe a little bit of a secret weapon going into the playoffs is Camille Foster. You know, yeah. Mr. Waffle House on Twitter. He's always open, right? Yeah. He's got speed. He makes big plays. He's got some college interest. He's a guy that that I think, you know, could really make some big plays for them, you know, as long as he's healthy and, and good to go in the playoffs here. And then on defense, Ryan Russo's had a big year for them at linebacker, right? And then Riley Rebell, who's really a wrestling standout, and guys like last year, if you look at his film going into last year, even had him, like, running around playing like some linebacker. Now, all of a sudden, he's like 285 pounds, wrecking guys up front, and I think he's an underrated college prospect, too. Yeah, he has heart. 
You definitely have to talk. You have to tip your hat to Coach Buckter. I mean, those guys are going to do some great things to come. Um, I, I kind of wish we got to see Harrisburg and McDevitt face off when they were supposed to. But, I mean, that's going to be one of those things that's talked about for a little while. So, hey, let's keep it moving, guys. 3A, Boiling Springs, they're not ranked. They're getting votes. Boiling Springs. The Bubblers have, you know, the Bubblers to beat a lot of teams up this year. They did have a, a loss to Mechanicsburg, which – you know, Mechanicsburg's a scrappy group. I don't know yeah. if that's a terrible loss. It's probably not a great loss uh, looking at Mechanicsburg's record, but I don't think Mechanicsburg is as bad as maybe your record has, you know, been at points this season. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about Bowling Springs? Well, they've, sure got an, they've, they've sure got an opportunity this, uh, this Saturday to kind of show everyone how good they are. Um, they're going to be taking on a – a, an angry, I think, is an understatement. Steel high team that mm. got pretty got basically. Let's let's be honest. They got destroyed by um, Big Spring last week. Um, uh, kind of surprise ending their. I don't even can't remember the number. Seventeen their, game winning streak. Yeah, seventeen game winning streak. And so, if if Boiling Springs can do what Big Spring did to Steel High, it's going to be pretty hard to deny that they're that. They're probably that they're the team that they're the team that their record says. I mean, and they are like you said, they are just a they've been beating people up. They just run the ball really hard. Joey Mankey is is scores a touchdown every week. It feels like, and um, Ada Metzger just committed. I think the Shenandoah University last night. Um, wow. They've they've got some running backs. Um, they're they're a tough team, and I think like I said. Um, They've got a chance this week to really make a statement. Yeah, Dan, when I look at this Boiling Springs team, I mean, I feel like their grit guy you mentioned is, is Joe Menke, right? I mean, he has over 800 yards rushing on the season. I feel like he has uh, 16 touchdowns, correct me if I'm wrong. But he does it on the defensive side as well with 50-plus tackles, you know, three sacks, um, a couple forced fumbles as well. I mean, this, this kid is all over the field, and you definitely have to tip your hat to him when you talk about Boiling Springs. Yeah, they got a couple good linemen too. Dalton Ackley, Hunter Coyle, I think, are getting some small college looks. Obviously, they're going to run the ball at you. A guy I think that doesn't get a bunch of attention that's really kind of a, a difference maker for them too is Carson Garvey. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's kind of a long, athletic guy who, who plays safety for them. I think he's going to be a linebacker somewhere in the next level if he wants to play in college. I think that's going to be there for him. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. And, and we could transition right on into our final like local ranked team. You mentioned Steel High. You know, they're coming off a – I thought Big Spring would compete with them, right? Mm-hmm. And Big Spring just thumped them. And uh, that was a little bit surprising. Steel High was the top-ranked team in, in the state, defending 1A state champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, riding a 17-game winning streak. Uh, and they got a, they're got they going to have another tough test with Boiling Springs, another physical team uh, to close out the regular season. So it's going to be really interesting to see – what Steel High can, you know, what kind of momentum they might could have going into the postseason. Yeah. Um, but they got some guys, right? You right. guys have seen them. Let's talk mm-hmm. about some of their, their guys that people want to circle and see as we head down the stretch here. And real quick, Brian, I mean, hats off to, you know, Coach Irby and what he's doing with that Steel High Rollers program. I mean, they're doing amazing things. But is it really that surprising, though, when you think about it? I mean, Steel High is, is obviously a juggernaut, very talented. But we're talking about a quad A team versus single A team, you know. So I feel like Steel High did what they could to the best of their ability, depending on the talent that they've played so far this season. I don't really feel like they met a powerhouse team such as – Go ahead, I think if you put it on paper, though, college uh-huh. prospects versus college prospects. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Still high. Still high. Probably shouldn't be losing the big spring. Yeah. Um, and maybe that says a lot about big spring and their team and where it's at. Right. But um. But uh. Yeah. I like when I've been to a couple of their games. I've watched them play, and I've seen some of their blowouts. And uh, but the the guy obviously is uh is quarterback Alex Irby. He's just one of the best gunslingers in the. Um, in the conference, he's he's gotten some college looks. I'm sure his recruitment's guy. He's only a sophomore, already has all the steel eye records. It feels like, and he, I'm sure his recruitment's gonna blow up in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's obviously um, there's he won't find a a better quarterback in uh, in the area than him. But the guy that I've found to be kind of interesting and has really stepped up this year has been Tyro Moore, their mm-hmm. top wide receiver. And when I talked with uh, coach uh, um, Irby, uh, Andrew Irby, um, he mentioned, he talked about how Mackay Flowers is a star last year for them. He's at mm-hmm. CDs now. And he, he kind of put it like this. He said that, listen, Mackay Flowers is one of the best receivers in the country, but we had one of the best receivers in the state right behind him and Tyra Moore. And he's just now, he's just now kind of showing everyone what he can be. I mean, he leads the mid pen and receiving by a large margin and he's still one of the best guys, even after that big spring loss, I think he's still a guy you need to look out for. And then, um, in the middle, Andrew Irby Jr. is just a – he's a monster. And both, he started playing some offensive line, but on the defensive line, he is he is nasty down there. And um, I, I I really think um, – like I mentioned, the Boiling Springs game is a big opportunity for Boiling Springs, but I don't think you can overlook Steel High just because of this one lost in the big spring. I think it, that could have just been a, you know, um, a, a rock rolling down a hill where they just couldn't stop it and things got worse and they tried to, you know, and just kind of compounded errors. I I would not I would not count out uh, the rollers by any means at all. And I agree with you, Dan. I mean, when you look at the still high rollers team, Alex Irby, he's he's their their go to guy all season long. Right. Over twenty five hundred passing yards. He has thirty one touchdowns on the season, even rushed one hundred and sixty yards. But when I look at this team defensively, I feel like their main catalyst is Jayon Perry, who has 50 tackles on the season, eight tackles for loss. He has four sacks and two fumble recoveries. So. Overall, they they they'll have some a lot of momentum going into these playoffs, and I'm just excited to see what they'll do. Yeah, Bell Caesar is also pretty underrated too. He's yeah. he's he's kind of their number two wide receiver, and is a really good defensive back as well. He makes a lot of things happen. Um, I think he's missed a game or two so far this year, but he he's another guy um, that really you know stirs the drink for them a little bit. Yeah, Alex Irby's your big strong arm quarterback. You know, he's 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 definitely a college prospect. Andrew Irby, you guys mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Amari Williams, I think, has got some potential there as a college guy, too, if you want to circle some guys. Eugene Green's had a really good year for them at defensive end. You mentioned Rail Caesar. They have some guys, Tyrone Moore, who are, you know, some, even some guys who don't have offers yet who I think can play at the next level. So there's a lot there to see, and it's going to be very interesting to see what they can do against Boiling Springs, if they can hold it together. Because if they have if they can, if they can beat Boiling Springs and roll into the playoffs with some momentum, you could be talking about a repeat you know, state champion. Yeah. Um, and if they lose the Boiling Springs and roll into the playoffs for two straight, you know, getting roughed up, it could be interesting. So they're going to be one of the more interesting teams to see. They definitely have some players. Guys, we've covered a lot of guys' names. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of, you know, it's almost 30 minutes here rolling. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've rolled through a lot of names and stuff. Um, it's it's going to be fun, right? There's right. a lot of good talent left out there for people to go see. 
And uh, as we close out this regular season and go into the playoffs and a lot of good teams, there's some, there's some teams and players we haven't mentioned yet too, or who are especially, you know, um, and, and, and so I would just say, get out and watch some football. Agree. Well, thank you for joining us today, Dan. And you know, we definitely had a great talk on here. And again, folks, for those who've been tuned in one more week left in the regular season of high school football, stay tuned in. Brian, that makes our ninth episode for this PA High School Football Report podcast. We got one more week of the regular season. How do you feel, man? You know, look, again, one of the reasons we wanted to do this and we said it at the beginning was we wanted to get – make sure we got a lot of guys' names out there because there's a lot of talented guys right now, especially here in central Pennsylvania in the mid-pen. You know, again, we're in Harrisburg. Uh, we do the statewide. We've talked to a lot of guys from around the state, but we wanted to look at some guys in our own backyard who are really talented. Most of the guys – Names you've heard can play on the college level, some on the high, high, at a high level, on the college level, some, you know, at smaller colleges, but they're all good high school football players. And if you get a chance over the next few weeks, you're going to have some fun, uh, you know, get out and safely watch some high school football. You know, we want to make sure that you guys know who we think you should probably, who we'd circle to go see. And um, so there was a lot of good guys there, Nebby. A lot of good guys, a lot of good games ahead, right? I definitely agree. I feel like we put a lot of names out there. The spotlight is going to be on these guys transitioning into the playoffs. You know, you mentioned, and you and Dan both mentioned, we have a couple state title contenders here. You know, Bishop McDevitt could be potentially one. Still High could go back-to-back again. Harrisburg could give anyone a good run for their money. Um, so it's it's definitely an exciting year in football, and I feel nope. like a, a lot of don't teams... Don't sleep on East. Yeah, don't sleep on East either. Don't sleep on East. You're right. Um, A great underdog team, and, you know, Lance Dean is doing his thing. First-year coach. I mean, he's just doing an overall amazing job. Shout-out to him again. But we have a lot of great players in the mid-pen, you know. Anthony Smith, you know, his club is still undefeated. They're, they might have the chance to close out the entire season undefeated overall and in the mid-pen conference, so... I'm just excited to see how it all unravels and goes down. It's, it's the playoffs, baby. Yep, and we'll be there. And Nebby, tell them what they need to do to, to find it, man. Make sure you tune in to PennLive.com and subscribe for all of our exclusive content. See you next week, folks.